Tommy, if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw it down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft, win the ship, and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. It's the Fantasy Bible. It's your host, Nate Binder, coming to you on a Wednesday. Slight change of schedule this week. With all the, uh, you know, fantasy football advice, reactions, predictions that you have come to expect and rely on, here with me, as always, Dane Vega. Dane, how are you doing? I am hanging in there. I'm alive and surviving this fantasy football season. Um, it's, you know, threading the needle here and there week to week with low score wins and high score losses. You know the deal. We've all played this game enough. If you're listening to a podcast about it, specifically a little listened to podcast, then you probably have experienced everything we're going to talk about. But that's why you're here. It's fun. Uh, you need a bit of camaraderie to get through the lows and a bit of excitement to bring you through the highs into the next week. So that's what we're here to do. And yeah, looking forward to it. So Dan, I told you uh, like early in the season, I had a goal to um, with sports betting, essentially profit the equivalent of my fantasy football dues. And and then that that was like what I wasn't trying to win big. Just trying to make back what I spent on fantasy football dues. I did that. I made 10 extra dollars. And then this weekend, I lost every other bet that would have enabled me to continue betting. So I might be exiting on sports bets for the season. What do you think the chances are that I don't place another bet uh, the rest of the season compared mm-hmm. to me uh, depositing money? Because that was my main thing. I'm I'm going to use my leftover winnings from last year to pay for my fantasy dues. But now I don't have any bets to make. So do you think I'm going to be able to hold out and not place a bet the rest of the season? Absolutely not. Yeah, it's no chance. <laughs> no chance not at all. Um, all right, before we get into our, uh, you know, reviewing the week that was, previewing the week to come, I do have a mystery question for you, Dane. Um, Israel-Palestine. It's the topic oh, on everything. <laughs> I was really hoping you didn't bring no, this up. We're not doing that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, I do have an I do have a mystery question for you. Um <laughs> it has a, a bit of a preamble to it though. Um so Aaron Rodgers, right? I know him. Um guy can't last four snaps into an NFL game. Mm-hmm. Spends spends all offseason smelling his own farts in the darkness lodge, forgets yeah. to get in NFL shape takes his first NFL hit, crumbles to the dust, crumbles like a dang not a tough individual, not built to compete, weak. And then Aaron Rodgers, and this is just a side note, not the main point, he gets surgery under anesthesia. Very strange that he's willing to put 
these unknown chemicals into his body. (laughs) You know, no problem with the advice of the medical community there. Not sure why he's not, you know, soaking his ankle in a mountain spring or culturally appropriating some shamanic healing ceremony. Mm -hmm. I guess that, you know, he only cares about the medical science when it comes to limiting his own pain and not potentially infecting others. But no surprise there. We know he's a And now he didn't just forget to get in NFL shape. He forgot how to be a good teammate. Because what does Aaron Rodgers do after his injury? Does he quietly go into rehab, puts in the work, doesn't add to the already insane pressure on Zach Wilson, not add fuel to what could be an incredibly tenuous locker room situation? Does none of those things. He goes straight to the Pat McAfee show. Quick sign out on Pat McAfee. ESPN fired like every actual good football writer to bring in this obnoxious narcissist, stands around in a sweaty tank top, gives bad betting advice, yells at his moronic frapper audience who doesn't actually care about watching a lick of football as long as the over hits. He goes on Pat McAfee's garbage program and does anything he can to bring attention to himself. First, he's talking about Jets coaching decisions. decisions. And now he's attempting to start beef with Travis Kelsey because he knows that no one is more in the spotlight right now than Travis Kelsey. So let let me just slide my way into the Travis Kelsey spotlight because no other player is allowed to get the spotlight if Aaron Rodgers isn't part of it. It's so pathetic. It's so thirsty. And the reason that Rodgers is like, oh, this is an opportunity for me is that Travis Kelsey has an ad out there where he's endorsing getting a flu shot and an updated COVID vaccine. It's an ad that's literally going to save people's lives. Like, take the COVID part out of it. Travis Kelsey reminding a few old people to get a flu shot when the flu kills millions of people, especially old people every year. That's actually going to save lives. But Rogers can't see past his own shtick, needs to be the center of conversation. So what I'm getting to here is like, you know, if my son was Aaron Rodgers, I would disown him too. That's what's happened to him. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. So my mystery question, Dane, is as yeah, a where's soon, the question? <laughs> as a soon-to-be parent, do you have any advice for other new parents out there who don't want their sons to turn out like Aaron Rodgers? Oof, man, I haven't thought this deeply about future fatherhood. Which, yes, I am going to be a father in March of next year. Very excited for that, and I want to do my best. So now I understand somewhat to <laughs> segue into this question my god um i'm doing my best <laughs> um do i have any advice for people who want their kid to not turn out like aaron i mean unconditional love support <laughs> um it, the usual things try out a million things that they want to do and if they're interested in support it keep them going um you know don't coddle or baby them too much they will need that when they're very young but don't do it too long or they'll be too reliant on it i mean i don't know like don't be crazy just be a good human being talk to them like another human being because that's what they are they're going to have their own interests they're going to have their own likings and that's okay they're not going to be a replica of you and you know take everything in stride put in the time that's necessary take an early day off of work if you need to take them to practice something i don't know all those little things that's all i know what to do at this point i don't have a kid yet but that's what i'm hoping to do 
if that yeah. answers your question. I'm curious if it's like, did, did Aaron Rodgers' parents not go to his games or did they go to like every single game? Like, you know, ah, and yeah, then there's also know. like the nature versus nurture issue. Like maybe nothing was going to stop Aaron Rodgers from being the <laughs> miserable piece of garbage that he is today. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's just my thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure we'll be, despite the fact that this is not an active NFL player, we'll probably be hearing about Aaron Rodgers every week because he's going to make sure that happens. So, yeah, you're right yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. Can't stand the guy. All right. What's <laughs> first on your what matters most from this weekend, Dane? Oh, what a segue. Um, It's that <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is back for the Colts. And the alleged reporting is that they're going to ramp up his snap count. He's not just going to jump in and get his usual 20-plus touches at the running back position that we've seen him get and excel at using that opportunity. But um to me even if it doesn't happen this week he is going to be a top 12 running back for the rest of the year and that's something we need to really you know wrap our minds around um he's been a non-factor thus far on injured reserve and that has been terrible for anyone who drafted him if they drafted too early yada 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 but um i mean they just renewed his well signed a new contract he's averaging 14 million dollars a year which is the third most of any running back in the league so they have refreshed their commitment to jonathan taylor all the woes of um, we don't know if he's going to be traded or going to be benched or going to be held out for the season so that his value doesn't go down or he's mad and won't play that's all out the window he's going to play he's going to play soon this week and even if it doesn't get a bunch of touches even if it doesn't look like 100 percent jonathan taylor he's going to be jonathan taylor and his competition is zach moss who has looked very good which to me only boons the stock of jonathan taylor himself who will be supplanting zach moss for that running back one role without question he's not going to take that over from jonathan taylor just because he's had a good start to the year anthony richardson quarterback for the colts looks exciting was injured shoulder injury ac joint sprain will be out at least four weeks potentially a lot longer and that puts uh, gardner Minshew at the quarterback position for the team and they're going to need Jonathan Taylor to bolster that running game because Anthony Richardson cannot really do that for them anymore so Jonathan Taylor I think put it back on your radar trade right now if you can but maybe he'll have a slow startup week and maybe you scare that manager out of the position if he's not doing so well so yeah Jonathan Taylor plays a little bit in this last game um, has six carries for 18 yards, three yards a carry. Zach Moss has looked excellent. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor has to, you know, get back into football shape. Um, I guess where I'm sort of like, I mean, I, I fully agree with you, but Zach Moss has looked really good. And like the yeah. last concerns about Jonathan Taylor were like, is this guy fully recovered? from an ankle injury um so i don't know just uh yeah they obviously everything you said they just signed him to a long-term contract but I, i'm curious like in the event of or in the interest rather of seeing him through that long-term contract if they're actually going to spell him even a, a bit more with zach moss um and then the other factor is like that classic chicken before the egg thing is like okay if if the defense has to 
devote resources like an entire linebacker or something to being a spy for Anthony Richardson. And now Anthony Richardson's not there and those resources can go towards stopping the run game. Um, you know, do, and Gardner Minshew has a very weak arm. I mean, he's a good distributor. He's a gamer, but he can't push the ball downfield. Do defenses just start loading up the box, uh, impacting the run game? Like I, I could see a situation where the, this actually looks pretty bad the rest of the year. And I'm not saying that for sure. It's a solid O-line. Uh, Shane Steichen has proven to get the most out of his guys. Um, but I could see where the the situations for Jonathan Taylor and the game scripts for Jonathan Taylor um, aren't ideal for the, for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, those are all good points. I, I don't think you should sell your whole roster for him, but I think, um, you know, from we're through week five now, I think from week six to the end of the fantasy football season, Jonathan Taylor will be a top 12 running back in fantasy points per game. Um, that's kind of the point I wanted to make. Just don't forget he's back. Look to see if you can maybe make a move because he's not going to get cheaper in my opinion. And yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to blow the world away in the next two weeks, but I mean, he's talented enough that if he is truly fully healthy, and I think the Colts would not have signed him to that big deal if he was not fully healthy, they would have known better than anyone, um, then he should look good. Yeah. Um, and then similar to just uh, tacking on to that, uh, with the Anthony Richardson injury, uh, Josh Downs is, is a you probably already targeted him on your waiver, but um, a good player to target rest of season, maybe even in a in a trade. He is their their slot receiver. And when Anthony Richardson on, was on the field, he was getting a few targets a game, and they're they're mostly deep targets. But um, when Gardner Minshew is on the field, it seems like they play him a lot more yeah. in his natural position of the slot, and that he's peppered a lot more um, with those short area targets that Gardner Minshew um, excels at ver- over the deeper stuff. So uh, yeah, Josh Downs looking good rest of the season. Um, probably a little bit lower personally on, on Michael Pittman um, and, and Alec Pierce and more of those deep shot inaccuracy eraser guys that may have thrived more when Anthony Richardson was uh, part of that offense. And we don't know, it, it, like Dane said, at least four weeks, but they were saying it could be, um, you know, eight, eight weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah. And, and they didn't even guarantee that he would come back this season. So um, rookie quarterback, they don't want to mess up his development by bringing him back too early in a season where they're not really trying to compete um, for like a top NFL title or anything like that. So, yep, uh, all of that uh, is 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 good. Uh, I have we're about like a third. I don't know now that it's a it's a weird seventeen game season. It's harder to find the benchmarks, but. Mm-hmm. We're, we're a decent quantity of games into the season where I thought it might be interesting to do um, like a bit of a, a rookie check-in. Now, we did this with like highly drafted running backs last week. Um, this week, I want to do it with the rookies, and I'm basically just going to run through where some current rookies are uh, in the fantasy football standings, and I just want you to tell me high or low, or, you know, higher or lower. I'm good at this. Yeah. Okay. CJ Stroud, QB 14. High. Higher than. Is that what I want to say? Yeah. 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 Um, Bryce Young, QB 31. Harder to get lower than that. (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm going to say higher just because he's going to be the starter for the rest of the season. And there's some QBs ahead of him who have just filled in. But um, yeah, higher, but not higher than 24. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I don't have Richardson in here because of the injury. Um, okay, wide receiver. <laughs> this is a pretty easy one. Puka Nakua, wide receiver four. Lower, but still keep him, start him. He's great. Yeah. Start him, but we already saw his targets drop off precipitously. I mean, he still turned in a great game. And the best part is he's being used on outside vertical routes, yes. which is like not something that he was being used on the week you know, when he was filling in the cup role. Um, so that's nice. And, and it may be 2-2 that takes a bit of a hit. Um, but yeah, obviously not going to be the wide receiver four on the season. Uh, Tank Dell, wide receiver 24. That's a tougher one. I'm going to say lower just based on variance, but he's looked very good for the Texans. CJ Stroud looks great as a rookie quarterback. He's going to be involved. He has you know, touchdown, big play potential. We've seen it week to week, but I'm going to say lower than 24, not a lot, 26, 28. I don't know, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think high end wide receiver three finishes more likely yeah. than tail end wide receiver two. He's also dealing with a concussion right now. So he'll probably have a missed week in there, which will bring him down lower overall. But yes, yeah, someone that you can definitely reliably slot into your wide receiver three or um, flex. flex position. Yeah. All right, this one I think is also easy given the the unfortunate news. Uh, Jordan Addison, wide receiver, twenty eight. Oh, higher, yeah. yeah, yeah. With Justin Jefferson missing at least four weeks, potentially more with that hamstring injury. Um, we'll touch on that later. Um, yeah, Jordan Addison should be getting all the looks that he ever wanted as a rookie, and I'm excited for it. Now, this one is very interesting because. Uh, like this is a player that I would say is the most involved in his team's offense, but he is the lowest on this list that we're running through. Zay Flowers, wide receiver, thirty-six. Higher, hundred percent higher. Yeah, hundred percent. I higher. think he could finish higher than twenty-four, but the Ravens need to kind of uh, mitigate those drops and look a bit smoother. Um, Zay Flowers himself looks fantastic. I think he's a great wide receiver. He's the clear wide receiver one. Um, as far as a receiver on the offense, there is still Mark Andrews to contend with, and that is the really limiting factor in his ceiling. But he's without a doubt the best receiver. Odell Beckham Jr. went out with an injury last week or this week, last week, whatever we're referring to the weekend of the 7th of October. But um, yeah, Bateman's not going to outperform him. It's it's uh, Zay Flowers looks great. Yeah, I guess the concern for me with Zay Flowers is he doesn't get a lot of high-value targets. He gets a ton of targets in the short area of the field that he has to, you know, make someone miss for them to be, uh, you know, for him to cross over into, like, double-digit th scoring thresholds. But especially in full PPR leagues, um, yeah, I think I think these, are, these numbers are in half. But, yeah, I think he'll be higher as well. Um, okay, running back. Um, this is funny. Uh, so the RB3 right now is Devon Achan. Um, he will be lower because he's he just went on injured reserve. The RB5, oh, wait, I, I have Kyron Williams in here. He's not even a rookie. I don't know why I wrote that down. I, I, guess I just thought that was interesting. Um, all right, RB8, uh, Bijan Robinson. Higher or lower than eight? Yeah, to me, that's like a push. That's a push, yeah, I... Um, I'm going to say higher. I'm going to say higher. I think he'll come on strong. He's not going to come on weaker than what he's already shown. And, you know, we've got a lot of guys at the top end coming back recently, like Eckler or I don't know, Mostert might actually stay up in that top eight 
with Achan going out, but um, I don't know. I think it's undeniable the talent Bijan has. You've seen the highlights by now. He's exceptional. If they continue to use him in the way and they score a bit more touchdowns, the, the real limiting factor is how many touchdowns is the Atlanta Falcons offense going to score. That's really what keeps him away from uh, making the top five. And there's still lots of room for touches. Um, I think higher as yeah. well, because like Tyler Algier is still out carrying Dijon. And I just don't think that's going to be the case by the end of the year. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, RB24. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't even know how long he's going to have that role. I would say lower. I just don't believe in the Denver offense very much it's just a, he's the next guy up he looked good in his start well his uh, touches that he got with, yeah uh, I don't know I, I lower lower than 24 yeah I think so too like I you know it's it's always interesting these random names that end up as like top 24 running backs midseason um Tajay Spears RB30 um I feel like Tajay Spears is going to be significantly higher than this um, mm-hmm. like he's, he looks explosive. His snap count is increasing. He offers a different skill set than Derrick Henry. The, the concern is the overall ceiling of that offense is, is pretty low, but if they can start to gel, if DeAndre Hopkins can be fully healthy and a contributing factor, if Burks can do something, um, it's a lot of ifs, but I, I like what I've seen from Taji Spears is enough to make me believe that, um, you know, a top 25 RB finish as possible. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then uh, drafted in the second round for many people, Jameer Gibbs, as well, you don't draft undersized rookie uh, running backs mm-hmm. in the second round, RB 35. I got to say higher than that, just with the chance that David Montgomery might miss a week or two and the fact that they will look to integrate Gibbs into the offense a bit more down the stretch. But, I mean, the offense as a whole is one of the best in the league at scoring. And at some point, Jameer Gibbs is going to be breaking some long runs, long screens, whatever it is. He's going to get a bit more touches. It's not really going to take away from Montgomery unless he's injured, like I said, but um, higher than 35, I think, is very reasonable for one of the top scoring offenses in the league right now. All right. And then finally, tight end. And really, this entire segment was just for me to get to this point. Tight oh, end Sam one, Laporta. Sam Laporte. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. I'm leaving. <laughs> um, lower, I mean, probably. But yeah, you have to bet lower. But yeah, it's I, the only bet. But yeah. I don't think he's finishing outside the top four, even if his targets go down. I don't know. He's a bit boosted by his three touchdowns on the season, but they're looking at him in the in the red zone. Like he's a high value target for them. Amon Rod nursing the injury might come back this week, probably will. But I mean, Sam Laporte is not going away. He's on the field for like eighty percent plus of snaps every single week as a rookie. Like, yeah, he's a top five locked in tight end. Don't even think about anything other than starting him every week. Yeah, definitely don't trade him away. Like in the games where he doesn't have touchdowns, he gets a lot of targets. And like in this past game, he didn't have a lot of targets, but he had three catches and two of them were touchdowns. And one of them was like a scripted up touchdown um, with like a special reverse jet sweep flea flicker kind of. I don't know. I I didn't even watch the full details of that play, but it looked sick. Um, It was sick. And then... uh, Tight end 19 is Luke Musgrave, and tight end 27 is Dalton Kincaid. 
higher for Kincaid, push for Musgrave, maybe higher. He's on the field. I don't know, but um, don't have strong feelings about Musgrave, especially with a couple lackluster weeks from Jordan Love in the Packers offense. But I think Dalton Kincaid, I mean, it doesn't take much to hit the top 20 in tight end. On right, like two touchdowns, and, and yeah. he's going to be a top 15 tight end. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I would uh, not, like, drop Kincaid or uh, – you know, sell low on Kincaid in Dynasty just because, like, rookie tight ends, this is par for the course, and he's, like, a, a huge contender to have his role increase as the season goes on. All right, that was a long one, but I wanted to get through some of the rookie performances. Do you have anything else in your what matters most? Uh, no, no, we covered it. All right, so yeah, I'm just going to say one more, which is sit running backs against the Philadelphia run defense. Um, I think the trends have bared out. They're they're allowing 61 rushing yards a game. It's best in the league. Uh, Kyron Williams didn't look great against them. Brian Robinson didn't look great against them. And those are two of the most reliable running backs to date. Um, so going to throw that out there. Um, obviously, everyone knows that Joe Burrow looks good now. Um, and then a, a quick correction on something. A few weeks ago, I said that uh, Miles Sanders was taking the running like the passing downs away from Chuba Hubbard and just being like a full workout horse. Now it seems like Miles Sanders is getting the third down back stuff and Chuba is getting the lead. I have no idea what's going on on that offense. So just like avoid it entirely, basically. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> All right. What matters least? All right. What matters least? Uh, replacement wide receivers for receivers that go down in seemingly good offenses, like Josh Palmer replacing Mike Williams, who went down for the Chargers offense, or KJ Osborne, who some people would try to sell you that he's going to replace the production of Justin Jefferson, who just recently went down and on IR. No, you're not going to get even close to the same production. They're going to be slightly above the people you can find on the waiver wire. If they catch a touchdown, then you're going to be all right. If they don't, then they're going to be beyond the wide receiver 36. That's, I mean, that's very succinct way to say that uh, you can't really replace wide receivers on the waiver wire based on injury the same way you can at running back. Yeah. And, you know, I guess like the, the small argument for, Josh Palmer is that at least like he's not physically as big as Mike Williams, but he has some physicality that at least he could play like a similar role. Whereas like KJ Osborne isn't just going to become no, yeah. the best route runner in the league over, over overnight. And I feel like this is like a universal fantasy truth. Like, you know, how many people were happy with Chuba Hubbard's output when Christian McCaffrey went down? Right. A couple of years ago. It's like the, the there are rare situations where like the the handcuff, um, like in the days where you could get Kareem Hunt on the Browns offense with Nick Chubb and you knew that like not only was Kareem Hunt going to have some standalone value, he was going to have um, massive handcuff value if anything happened to Nick Chubb. And I feel like that's like if if the player has standalone value, then they're going to be more relevant when that player goes like when that player ahead of them goes yeah. away, if they didn't have standalone value, then that means they're not going to be productive in like in that role. I think it's yeah. a good principle to go off of. Yeah. Sounds um, good. Yeah. All right. My, what, what matters least Devonte Smith has had two bad weeks in a row. Um, 
And that's just kind of the par for the course for this Eagles offense. The it's going to basically be like, you know, it's it's not a well distributed offense. Like you're not going to have walk away from a game where. Devontae Smith has 70 yards and Dallas Goddard has 60 yards and AJ Brown has 100 yards. It's going to be like AJ Brown has 200 yards and everybody else has zero yards or Dallas Goddard has 100 yards and AJ Brown has 100 yards. Like one player or two players are going to go off, but there's just not room for for everybody to go off in this offense. Um, so Devontae Smith is going to have some boom bust performances. Um, but if there's one thing I know about the Eagles, it's love that they love to hyper focus in on you know perceived uh slights against their skill player talent and so Devontae smith is probably gonna get 50 targets this weekend um and then what else um the tutu and puka regressions i already mentioned puka running the vertical routes uh stafford missed tutu on like a walk-in touchdown um and his day would have looked a lot differently had he been hit on that touchdown so they're Still scheming up deep shots for Tutu, so wouldn't be too disappointed in his performance. Um, and then Jalen Hyatt played the third most snap counts amongst Giants wide receivers, which might seem like it matters to people who are Jalen Hyatt truth- truthers. And I can tell you that it doesn't matter. Um, it's it's not going to matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> um, anything else on what matters least? Are you ready to move on to the rage quit? Oh, I'm raging. Yeah, all right. Let's let's hear it. Uh, you know, you go through your fantasy draft season, you've got the perfect scheme, you've got the perfect plan, <laughs> you know the players you want to draft, and lo and behold, you got all of them. Every single player you were targeting, you believed in, you were high on, they just fell to you every single round. And then guess what? Three out of your top four drafted wide receivers are now either on injured reserve or out for the season, and you're just <laughs> struggling in a three wide receiver league. You have to start three wide receivers. But guess what? You thought you were prepared. Now you're not. You don't want to start a single receiver. I'd rather start Jalen Warren than some of the receivers that I can start. And oh my God, you know. I just don't know how to deal. I'm I'm three and two in this league. We're talking about. I'm I'm doing all right, but by the skin of my teeth, it's not replicable week to week. I'm gonna suffer some losses because I'm gonna have like a combined 18 points out of my top three receivers. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, and I hate it. And I hate it. Yeah, I just, um, I just find it hard injuries, to have sympathy man. here. Because... Injuries, just injuries across the board. Injuries for fantasy football. It's always going to be a rage quit moment. And I think this was a big week. I think that's why I'm highlighting it. Yeah. I mean, losing losing Justin Jefferson is is Bad. a massive rage quit. I mean, for most people, that was their first overall or second overall pick. And then they didn't get in to make another pick for however many spots. So a key part of the roster. But in your particular situation, I mean, you have so many running backs and it's such a running back desperate situation right now it should be easy to turn one of those running backs into uh into a startable wide receiver i mean i could but then i don't have a flex that's the problem <laughs> you got gus edwards uh, yeah his floor is three points his ceiling is nine <laughs> i love that's, that <laughs> that's what the flex is for man that's oh what the flex i hate is it for. i hate it you're not supposed to be starting you know puka nakua in that flex spot yeah, I get it. I don't know. I'm just salty. Um, it's not a sustainable roster right now, and I'm 
I'm upset. Yeah, fair enough. And I'll just throw uh, the Devin HN one specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, player that was very exciting to watch and probably for a lot of people like a roster saver or a, a league winner or, you know, someone that you drafted probably in the 10th to 15th round that if you hung on to or if you got on waivers was winning you weeks and was like just so fun to watch. And uh, now uh, he's going to be out and it's also going to like, you know, the biggest concern with HN was going to be size and durability. And here we are into three starts and he's on IR. So it's just one of those kind of depressing moments, maybe a dep depression quit moment than, instead of a rage quit moment. Yeah. Um, but this is why we play. Let's look on the positive side, Dan. What, what do you got? Um, <laughs> I've been struggling to fill this out <laughs> for the past three weeks, man. Um, I mean, Kenneth Walker is through his bye, and that's really what's going to keep my roster alive. Um, uh, what what do we play? Why do we play? I mean, those narrow victories where you're thinking you have no chance, but you you succeed. Um, you maybe you made a waiver wire claim just three dollars above the next guy to get Josh Downs. Uh, yeah, you know, it's the small victories. I think this is why we play. You need a small victory every week to be a playoff team, and whether that's through the waiver wire or trades or just a a lucky performance to edge out a victory the small victories this is why we play yeah josh downs is going to be one of those players that i'm monitoring throughout the season because yeah. i expect many trade offers from you uh well because i dane had him on his roster dropped him so i had to spend fab to get him back i had him on my roster dropped him for chase claypool because i just got blinded by chase claypool as i've been wanting to do <laughs> um and I don't have any fab. So I, like he's, it's funny. Like I picked up Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel and Josh Downs are going to have like equivalent production the yeah, rest of the season. 100%. It's not going to matter, but yeah. I just want the the rookie that I was excited about. Um, all right. My, this is why we play moment. George Pickens continues to just win me weeks. Like, I don't know what's going on here. And this one's especially uh, special because I motivated him. I put him in my sit -em uh preview last week and that got to him a little bit you know, in yeah. his head and he turned in an all-star uh performance in one of the weirdest games of the year um and then Brees hall is back and he looks like he's back um mm -hmm. so that is exciting and then uh if you drafted travis kelsey watching him go down like that and being like oh, heartbreaker that's yeah. going to be the end of my season and then he comes back in and scores a Catches, touchdown for yeah. you yeah, I mean, that's back. this is why we play. That's that's it. And then uh, just like the Jets and beat and, and Hackett beating the Broncos. That's also not really oh. fantasy relevant, but a little bit of the this is why we play juice there as well. Absolutely. Got to spend a solid 30 seconds on uh, shaming Sean Payton for. Or shaming Hackett, Hackett himself. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, come on, dude, you can't say that kind of flagrant stuff and then not be able to back it up you are paid like you're one of the best coaches in the league but you're playing like you're one of the worst and you know make your bed sleep in it that's the world he's living in right now i love it yeah it's a, it's a beautiful thing he's a small petulant little man and we love when he <laughs> suffers um all right so dane to turn things actually well 
honestly, it's bad for both of us, but it's slightly better for you than me, but not really that much better. Um, looking at our preview section as we spin it forward, yeah. we were we were pretty good. I mean, I was hitting at like 60% average. You were just under 50%, but you were like at 100% hit rate on your sit-ums. Um, and then we got boomed this past week. I got boomed yeah. in particular. I went 0 for 4. My stardom was Romeo Dubs. Yikes. My sit was George Pickens. Already covered that. My prop was uh, Brian Robinson, anytime touchdown. To never bet on Thursday night games. Of course, that's no. what our prop is for. So yeah. <laughs> we're probably going to miss those here and there. And then my miracle was John Dotson, who was looking like a drop candidate in redraft leagues. Yeah. Um, your stardom was Jordan Love. Didn't go. Uh, yeah. Uh, your sit Continuing to hit on those sit-ums, Alexander Madison, uh, your prop, three yards short, or rather four yards short yeah, uh, yeah. on Justin uh, Fields' alternative rushing line. And then uh, your miracle was Michael Wilson, who did not continue his week four heroics in week yeah. five. Let's uh, Let's try and do better this week, Dane. I think we can. I think <laughs> I think collectively we're going to do better than one and eight. Yeah, yeah. it would be hard not to. Um, I just want to say, you know, in, in week three, I went 75%. And uh, let's just keep those memories in mind. Um, yes. All right. So week six, my stardom, I have officially big brained this thing. I am not, this is not going to hit, but it's hard to find a player that's like in the stardom. Like originally I was thinking like Devonte Smith, but people are going to be starting Devonte Smith, like the two yeah. bad weeks I don't. So I went with Ramondre Stevenson. I like it. I, I've actually been scouting this out for myself. I mean, he's had like three terrible matchups and the Patriots are playing at the Valley of the Patriots performance of the last 20 years. And it's really only up for here, you could say. I don't know. I don't even know if I believe it as a Patriots fan anymore. But, um, you know, the process is right here with this pick. Um, he's got a plus matchup against the Raiders. If the Patriots cannot get it done against the Raiders, I will rage quit my fandom. And Not really, but I will call for the firings of anyone relevant to the terrible, terrible rebuild we've seen. Uh, uninspiring football product that their patriots are displaying it's egregious but uh yeah no i think that's a really good pick yeah uh raiders allowing 10th most rushing yards in the league you might see this like it's a little bit vibe thing where it's like come on the patriots are gonna have three terrible weeks in a row like <laughs> that's not gonna happen it's usually this point when the narrative is the yeah. highest that they flip the switch and then yeah also, just a little bit of like, oh, maybe they just like try and take it even more out of Mac Jones' hand, run the ball even more, lean on their uh, allegedly explosive pass catching back. I mean, Ramon J. Stevenson isn't just a pass catching back, but he showed skills in that area last season. So I think this is the week to start Ramondre Stevenson. And yeah, like Dane said about the Pats and the Raiders, if he can't get it done to, against the Raiders, then you can bench him probably the rest of the season until he starts to show you something. Yeah. Yeah. Big yikes territory for all of the Patriots players and team. And all right, moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my set of the week, um, a personal one. Oh, start of the week. Uh, sorry. My start of the week is Russell Wilson versus the chiefs on Thursday night football. So, <laughs> um, 
it's a shaky one, but he's on waivers in the redraft leagues that I'm in. He's not really a week-to-week starter based on his last year performance. And I think this is the time to put him in your QB lineup. Uh, he's the quarterback eight through the first five weeks of this season, um, which is kind of shocking. I would not have predicted that at all. But he's against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to give him some trouble. Kansas City Chiefs defense has been looking pretty good, at, at least top 20 in the league without yeah. question. So, you know, the Denver Broncos are going to have to pass the ball. And Russell Wilson has proven he can do that. A bit inflated by one single Hail Mary pass that like garnered him 13 fantasy points on a single play or <laughs> something like that. But um I, I think even at garbage time, like this is going to be a garbage time play. Kansas City Chiefs are going to win by at least 10. And he's going to be throwing the ball deep into the fourth quarter. And he's going to get about 16 to 20 points as a quarterback. And really, if you're looking to start a quarterback in fantasy football, that's what you want. Yeah, quarterbacks that Russell Wilson has scored more than this year. You ready for this? Yeah. Justin Herbert. C.J. Stroud, everyone's new love child, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, and he's really probably on waivers. Yeah, yeah, he, he's on waivers in our league, and I thought about picking him up. I don't know. Like, I'd play him over the guy I've been starting for the past five weeks. Yeah, now he's no Brock Purdy, who was the freaking QB7 on the season from somehow. Yeah, that dude but, is good. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, my, yeah, I like that as a stardom. And I like that just as pointing out that Russell Wilson is doing better than you probably think because of how bad the Broncos have been and and that maybe you might have a QB starter there. Um, okay. I have a a double sit of the week. Um, so half a point for each, uh, Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I would take that. Yeah. Yeah, so they're playing the Niners. Browns running backs. Yeah. Browns running backs playing the Niners. Um, and there's kind of like a two two-fold thing here is where like Deshaun Watson didn't practice today. So if uh if he doesn't go, they're just gonna stack the box. It's it's I said that the uh Philadelphia Eagles are allowing the least rushing yards in the league. Well, San Francisco is allowing the second least amount of rushing yards in the league. It's a, it's a top five defense top three defense it's fantastic um and either the the options are that they're gonna you know load load the box and not let the run game get going if dtr is back there or that the browns are going to need to struggle to keep pace uh with the, the niners and and have a lot more of a drop back passing game uh with deshaun watson if deshaun watson can go so i just don't like the outlook for browns running backs and then i also think that like while Jerome Ford, Jerome Ford has been the lead back, now that Kareem Hunt is a few more weeks in the system, it could be more of a timeshare. And I'm just not like loving the vibe of either of these running backs this week. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair play. And for clarification, we have decided that a sit of the week for the running back position would be sub 10 points and of my QB take sub 15 points. So uh, start of the week would be top 15 wide receiver or running back spot and top seven quarterback or top five tight end. Yeah. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember 
texting that. You did. And I agreed, <laughs> but I forgot to <laughs> reiterate that I agreed. <laughs> Sweet. Um, all right. Who is your sit of the week? My sit of the week, going back to quarterback here, dipping into the well. Uh, this is personal. And you'd probably agree, this guy... Now, this has to be a guy that people would be planning on starting. Like it can't Oh, just... no, it is. Oh, okay. Because I planned on starting him the entire season. Oh, Dak Prescott. Him. <laughs> Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Cowboys, who are apparently a good offense. I don't know. I'm not even sure anymore. Uh, I kind of hate the Cowboys for more than reasons of hating the Cowboys, specifically fantasy football. Uh, CeeDee Lamb. Hasn't been looking that great for fantasy football. Dak Prescott, you got me four points last week. Get through three interceptions. I mean, at what point do you want Bill Belichick to be the coach so that he benches Dak Prescott against himself to protect him from his... Get out of here. I don't like Dak Prescott. I was so close to dropping him, and I still might drop him. I've got a couple waiver claims, you know, uh, inside Intel here. I've got a couple waiver claims right now that are players that were dropped on the waiver wire and Dak Prescott is on my cut list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So like I, Dane, I would say that like neither you or I are like great football minds or anything like that. Yes. We're we're also like not stupid and it is like funny how stupid the NFL media thinks its audience is when Dak Prescott plays because they keep showing this graphic that's like oh look at how his completion percentage is up and look at how his interceptions have gone down while like yards per target and total yards and total first downs and literally every other metric of an explosive passing attack has far decreased which is exactly what mike mccarthy said was going to happen that he wasn't going to go for points he was going to go for run heavy ball control offenses um yeah, so I'm I'm fully with it here, and I think like this is coming at a good time where the national narrative is kind of turning on Dak, and I still think that Dak is a, is a solid quarterback. I've seen him tear up the Eagles countless times, but I don't think the offensive play calling is doing him any favors at the moment. And I also think like he, you know, he doesn't have the mobility that he used to have. He's not getting no. you those thirty to forty rushing yards a game that would kind of like bolster if he had a through a, a pick or anything like that so yeah i think um yeah totally reasonable as, as a sit now that means he has to score sub 15 points against the chargers i believe and i think he will all right well um we'll see because you know the chargers to feed into this that's a that's a team you can run on and if they can run on them that's probably what they're gonna opt to do um all right i have my prop um, I didn't go for a Thursday night football one just because I feel so confident whatever the yardage number ends up being. Um, Devontae Smith yardage over is free money this week. Um, he went on a long, pained walk on the sideline during the last game. Nick Sirianni had to go over and put his arm around him and cheer him <laughs> up. All the narrative is about like, oh, how are we going to keep everyone happy in this offense? They've been talking about getting a Dallas Goddard game going for the past two weeks. Well, they finally did it. A.J. Brown has had three straight weeks of over 100 yards. The Devontae Smith game is coming. You might even get a, a decent number uh, at his yardage because, you know, he's he hasn't been producing the past two weeks. Um, so, yeah, whatever Devontae Smith yardage is over, uh, free money to hit that one up. Yeah, currently sitting at 
52 and a half. I actually really like that. Uh, that might be last year's number. Um, because when I tried to find it, that was week six from last year. Um, no, I'm looking at Eagles versus Jets starts in three oh, days. No, then, yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. sweet. Yeah, 52 and a half. Hammer it. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good bet. I might want to do something about that myself. <laughs> yeah, I might already break my principle of uh, not doing exiting that. <laughs> on the season. Yeah. Um, but who do you have for your player prop? Uh, player prop, Jerry Judy over 52 and a half receiving yards. I don't feel nearly as confident uh, with the name Jerry Judy ahead of that line. Same line as Devontae Smith here. But uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I feel like you're just emphasizing how great my prop is. <laughs> I am, but I'm also (laughs) doubling down on the fact that the Broncos will have to rely on the passing game to a larger extent than they ever wanted to. If they want to compete with the Chiefs, um, they are questionable with Javante Williams. They're going to rely on Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, undrafted free agent rookie, if he is. And also on GP, right? Yeah, so not a lot of inspiring things there. I think they're going to get down early. They're going to roll out in the passing game. Uh, I could see uh, Jerry Judy catching four passes in the fourth quarter, like maybe even just the final drive for 30 yards, like 52 and a half. Uh, It might end up being about 30% of what Russell Wilson throws the whole game, but who's he throwing to? It's Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody else, but... Uh, I think it's a safe bet there. I like it. I mean, they're going to have to have, and it, I like that you're either probably going to go two and zero on starter and prop or zero and two. Like, <laughs> yeah, fun to stack that. Um, all right, my miracle, which is kind of like our long shot, uh, yeah, player here. Dane, do you want to guess who I have in this spot? Uh, I Just hope a, it's not the same guy I have. Player we've been talking about all episode, Josh Downs. Josh Downs. I also have him. All okay. right. So we won't uh, be able to take advantage of each other's win or loss here. But yeah, yeah. if you're a member of the listening audience and you're curious whether you should start Josh Downs or not, uh, clearly don't do it because <laughs> <laughs> because we are not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said it. Uh, they're facing the Jags this week. Josh Downs has probably not been started more than a handful of teams across the entire season. Um, but he had a good week last week with Gardner Minshew filling in for the injured Anthony Richardson. We expect that to be the case for the next four to eight weeks. Um, Josh Downs looks good when he gets thrown the ball. Um, you could do a lot worse as a flex play, especially against the Jaguars. I don't think they're a formidable defense that you need to shy away from. Jaguars uh, vulnerable. The Colts need to throw the ball without Anthony Richardson. They do have Jonathan Taylor back, but maybe that alleviates a little bit of the pressure on the passing game. So, yeah, that's pretty funny. I I wrote it down and I kind of wondered if you would also have Josh Downs because I know we are keying in at a similar time to this player. Yeah, and I am just uh I traded a a, a future first for two seconds in one of our dynasty leagues, um, just so I could acquire Josh Downs. And I am glad that he is going to get an opportunity to to show what he can do because he is a, a separation master, as they say. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's our episode. Um, hopefully we'll be coming back to you next week with just a more positive outlook on, uh, you know, our yeah. fantasy season to come. <laughs> it's so, you know, I feel like you have two bad weeks in a row in fantasy and it really feels like the 
entire season is is crumbling around you. Oh, I would agree. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.